Yeah, so we're just going to roll into it, man. Yeah, that's fine. So you're telling me that you don't drink coffee. I don't drink coffee, and it's, uh, you know, we just got back from family reunion. Okay. And I was hanging out with some uh, other agents, and they're like, getting coffee in the morning, and I, just, I never, I don't like it. Never have, and Nina's been telling me, you got to drink coffee with more stuff, sugar, cream, the fancy coffees from Starbucks. Okay, yeah. And I, I just, anything with that coffee flavor, I do not like. Coffee ice cream, none of that, can't do it. My wife's like that. She's like, ah, I can't stand it. Yeah, <laughs> I don't like it. Never, never drink. So mm-hmm. what I do drink is uh, I get these packs, little packets of vitamins. Okay. They're like, it's like a powder that you put into your water. So I drink one every morning. Like pre-workout stuff? It's, uh, no. Kind of though, similar. Okay. It's all natural. It's just vitamins. There's, there's natural caffeine from it, from green tea. Okay. Yeah. And I just put it in my water bottle and shake it up, and I drink that every single morning. I drink one. It's like my coffee. Wow, ladies and gentlemen, this is Rob. <laughs> Rob Chubb. <laughs> uh, we're we're kicking off the interview a little bit uh, a little bit different than what we normally do, but uh, we. You know, I'm, I'm brewing a pot of coffee because I'm inspired by the Nigerian uh, experience. Right. I just come back from not too long ago, and they would um, like their idea of coffee. At least in the hotels, they have these, uh, which we'll have over here. It's Nescafe little single serving yeah, right. sticks mm-hmm. of the dehydrated coffee crystals. You dump them in, you know, with the hot water, and everybody's they've got these weird electrical plugs over there. Like they're on the, um, uh, what are we like. The British, like, there's so much yeah. British influence over there. Yeah, like when you go overseas, you got to buy that um, adapter yeah. pack. Yep. Same thing. That, okay. Exactly. So they got these little teapots that you'll plug in, and you heat up hot water, and it, it moves really, really fast. Uh, so it boils water quickly. So this is in the hotel. This is in the hotel room. In the room. So you don't have your traditional coffee pot in there. No, they don't. It's just this. Okay. No, no, it's not the way. It's because everything's dehydrated crystals. And then in the nicer, there was a place we went to called the Echelon uh, that had this peak milk. Okay, this is a South African type milk. Yeah. Um, and uh, my the guy I went over the, there with Warren, he's he was geeking out about it. He's like, oh, they got peak. Oh, it's, it's wonderful. You know, this is. Yeah. He would get little tiny cans of it, and he would drink it right out of the the can. It's not you know, refrigerated. No, I mean, it's like a canned condensed milk. Like, we oh, got condensed gotcha. milk yeah, yeah. over okay. here, so that's yeah. what they're doing. Same thing. So, and I was refusing it. Like, my first week and a half, I was in rebellion. I'm like, I'm not touching that dehydrated coffee. I'm yeah. an American. Are you kidding me? <laughs> or Canadian. We'll get Canadian, into that here yeah. in a second. Um, and then, you know, I'm over here drinking condensed, condensed milk in my coffee. And, you know, long story short, this is uh, where I'm, I'm Mr. Chubb over here. He doesn't drink coffee. What do you mean? This is the Nigerian experience right here, pal. Come on. So, um, your roots, you're, you're Canadian somewhat, somewhat. So my, uh, my mom's side of the family, my mom's parents. Okay. Born in Canada. Whereabouts? Uh, Sarnia. Okay. So right on the other side of the border there. Uh, but we've, I've got family in, um, um, I think the Windsor area. Sure. I've got them in Edmonton, Calgary, uh, up in uh, Brigden, Ontario, up by London, okay. up there. Uh, my family, up the 401, as they say. Up the, yeah, that's right. <laughs> up the 401. And uh, my family up there, actually, 
um, my, I guess it's be a cousin of mine, was the um, fire chief in, uh, in, in Brigden. So okay. we used to go up there in the summers. My mom would spend every summer up there all summer on the farm. What, when she was a girl? When she was, yeah, when she was a kid. And then we would go to uh, Ontario, or I'm sorry, Sarnia for Christmas every year. Okay. And then um, in the summers, we'd take another trip and we'd head up to Brigden and spend, you know, a few days up there hanging out. And What was it like? What, what, was there fishing? It's my experience with Canada and, you know, I'm always fishing and, yeah. I mean, you're not really doing much of anything. Like the locals, basically they... Well, they drink beer and they smoke pot. And, That's right. Uh, and they fish. We didn't do much fishing because um, okay. my family owned a farm up there, so it was farm farm time for us. Okay. So we would that's that if when we went north, that's what we would do. But most of the time, we would spend our time in Sarnia, right on the right. other side there, and we would go down under the bridge where they would serve the um, the fries with the gravy, the poutine, <laughs> right? Yeah. Um, um, spend Christmas and then come home. We'd, we'd do it in like a weekend. Just spend the night and come home. Cool. Yeah. P- hockey. Yeah, that's Lots of my experience. family plays hockey up there. Right. Yeah, yeah junior junior level hockey players. And um, when did, What age did you learn to ice skate? Well, this is an interesting story, actually. My dad played on the Junior Red Wings. So he's... The Junior Red Wings, like the like used the, to be the Whalers. No, no. Okay. The, so this is back farther okay. than that. Okay, I would right? expect that. Yeah. Uh, but it's a junior level team. <clears throat> he played on that, and he always wanted me to play hockey because he grew up with hockey. His dad was a coach, and his brother played, and I always resisted. I I didn't want to. And one day I was twelve, mm-hmm. and I came home from school, and I said, "I want to play ice hockey." And my dad was like, are you, too late, boy. are you kidding? He's like, you're so far behind. You're not going to be able to. And I was like, no, I want to play. I want to play. So uh, they put me into private skating so I could learn to skate. I mean, I could skate, but I didn't know anything. So they put me in power skating classes. They put me in like a figure skating type class. Sure. And uh, I was able to catch up. And I started on a house league and then eventually moved into travel. And I ended up playing um, double A was the highest level I played for Lakeland Hawks up there in Waterford. Okay. Uh, and then the year after I graduated high school, my I went to Novi High and they got a team the year after after I graduated. So, but it was it was awesome. I'm still friends with those guys that I played with, and it was it's my fondest memories are on ice playing hockey. Yeah, I can see how that might be. I um, you know I hear of some people in my sphere that are. Um, you know, that's what they do. I mean, that's how they keep their cardio going. That's that's their recreation. Yeah. In fact, um, Dave Garcia, that's what he does. Oh, is that right? Yeah. Yeah. And um, I just, on rollerblades, I can do it. Yeah. The skates, though, uh, you know. Different story. I really need work, man. And I think I could tear it up playing some hockey. Yeah. But I bet until, you could. until I get out there. It's weird because with your Canadian history mm-hmm. and background that you're not better on the ice. Surprising, it's just you know. Again, you going back to the twelve year. You know, I might go to my mom or you know my dad later on, and uh, when I'm when I'm forty two, and say, Dad, I want to play. I'm hockey. ready to play hockey. <laughs> it's too late, son. Well, did you do ice fishing? You know what? I had um, some some people growing up. I would uh, you know so a little bit more about my background. Um, never really 
got the so my Canadian side of the family that's dad um, maybe saw him a hand like maybe seven to ten times in my whole life okay right? um, not really scarred by that but it's just like hey that's my story man. yeah um, but over here I would always have um, uncles and, and friends of the family that would take me out and, yeah and we'd go shooting um, you know I remember shooting a 12 gauge when I was probably uh, eight or nine you know, and getting my shoulder knocked off. Yeah. And, and that was fun. But ice fishing, I remember doing that. You know, the ice crunching. Yeah. yeah. And uh, and I remember specifically asking this question to a, a guy that took me fishing once. He's like, because there was ice chunks out there yeah. that were chipped up from, you know, the, the, the puncher. And, um, and I held it up. It was a clear piece of ice. And I said, is this black ice? Thinking like, because... People like are flipping out on the roads and you know spinning yeah, yeah, out of right. control. Yeah. Is this black ice? And and he's like, look at it. Does it look like black ice? Because <laughs> <laughs> it's clear. <laughs> just, you know, childhood innocence. Yeah. Just make having questions and, and just whatever, man. I mean, yeah. that, but we, we would uh, we would fish. Um, in fact, that same guy. Let's let's go back to before the days of how the government really freaks out about. Um, just things that they watch, and, and, yeah. and right, rightfully so. Like I remember going shooting just off of Wick Road. I mean, we went with twenty, you know, rifles, and and there was there was twenty twos. That's what I was shooting. I also had a bow and arrow, and then we were just target practice with yeah. you know other types of handguns and things like that. And there was a a bit of a, a dumping ground, like a pit, um, where there's a big mounds of dirt just off Wick Road. And I remember seeing airplanes land, like so close. Yeah. And we're over there shooting. Now think of that happening today. Oh yeah. Not, oh you know, yeah. That's no, not going to do that, that today. Um, but yeah. So ice fishing. You know, I, I don't, I don't do it now. Yeah. We'll just put it that way. I just, you know, that was always like, just I, I never really got into it. But regular fishing, on the other hand, yeah, hey, let's go, well, man. We never did much. My dad was big fish into fishing. He, we had a little little tiny boat with a you know just like the offboard sure. motor off the back. It's a way to do it. Yeah, and then uh, <clears throat> but we never did a ton of fishing, and I was I guess I was never really a big fisher. Fish? Can you say fisherman still? You guys say fisher person now? What's the PC? I don't know what the PC is, man. <laughs> I'm asking the wrong guy. You're asking, yeah. Uh, fisher fish. I'm not, I'm not buying it. I was never mess. big big fishing, but uh, yeah. I mean I don't dislike it. I just never got into it. It was a good thing. Yeah, we took Fadi last year and he had a yeah. last. No, you guys look like you had a great time. Yeah, it was. Yeah. Uh, it was a good time. Yeah, I'm not opposed to it. Well, we'll get it. We'll get you out this year. Yeah. Um, you know, because like I said, we're looking at doing something with the office. We just need to hammer down some dates. And yeah. I think we're we'll probably get a core group of guys. Maybe like um, I don't know. We'll see who wants to come along. Yeah, well, basically open to, open to anybody who wants to uh, pay the price of admission, which is a weekend and right. probably a couple hundred bucks for lodging, you know? Yeah. Um, but looking forward to that. And that's, uh, you know, that's ultimately rooted in just, you know, building bonds and, and putting together a team and, and stuff like that. So. I think, like, we just, you know, we just did family reunion mm-hmm. with uh, um, KW, and I was telling some of the people there, like, I mean, the classes are great, and they're very informational, and it's all good, but I think the best part of that, like, for me, is is just 
deepening the connection with the you know the agents in the office and hanging out you know going out to lunch and just asking sure questions then yeah bonding yeah yeah i mean like it's kind of like just a conversation beyond beyond work you know yes yeah just yeah it's always like you know the cookie cutter you know like hey how's your day going oh good how's your day going? right, <laughs> right. yeah there's nothing below the surface <laughs> like yeah all right okay. yeah that's uh so um you bring it up we got to talk about it you know a lot of folks will say you know there's um you know the real estate the conferences and things like that and but my main question about this like so there's a lot of excitement coming out of the conference uh, certainly the majority of the folks that went there are coming back and applying things that they've learned hopefully um yeah hopefully uh this this whole command bit and the new app that's uh, yeah. available uh, from what i understand is now available to consumers as of today without any fluff Okay. Or excitement behind it. Um, is this really a game changer or is this like, you know, hey, something else that, you know, shiny object. Yeah, no, one shiny object to the next? So I, I'm full disclosure, I'm likely to not be able to talk about this without excitement because I'm truly excited about it. All right, go, man. But um, I do think it's I, game changer. I don't think the app itself is a game changer. The okay. app exists. Such Zillow overused term, right? One hundred percent, I agree okay. with that. Yeah, and, and and the app by itself is not changing anyone's life here. Um, Zillow's already doing it. Realtor.com's already doing. It. I mean, these 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 apps, they're search apps. Keller Williams went on stage last year and said, "We're designing our consumer app based on what the best features of all these other apps are." And if you ever listen to Gary Keller, he says. Hey, follow a model and then get creative on top of it. You don't have to reinvent the wheel. So we know what people like about these other apps, and they did focus groups around it and asked agents, right? Agents and consumers looked at the model, what works, what doesn't. Okay. Well, and they did this on stage last year. It was really actually kind of comical where Josh Team, the president of Keller Williams, said, hey, Zillow has a search a search uh, function where you can draw a circle, mm-hmm. you know, on your phone, and then that the 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 listings will pop up from where you drew your circle. So we also did that because people like it. So the app itself is not groundbreaking or, or game changing. I would say the game changer for KW is that the consumer app links to your platform, which is Command. Okay. So your clients have your app and they're searching through that app and that data is being recorded into your platform. So you can see when they're in there and be notified when they're in there working on it. And that's the the data is the game changer. And we can do that because we own it all and we've created it. The other companies can't because it's all bolt on technology that they've paid third parties for. We're the only company that has that. So it's easy to use then? Well, it's very easy to use. I mean, depending on who you're talking to. Okay. Um, but at the end of the day, you could hire somebody to handle all that for you. You could hire someone in a, a like a VA. Sure. And they could get, but you log in and everything's right there. It's it's visible. You can see your clients are on there searching, looking, what properties they're looking at, what parts of your website they're on, how often they come back. You've got all this data, and as we go on, the more data that 
we collect, the more intuitive it'll get, and then the artificial intelligence takes over. So yeah, watch out for that. <laughs> so what? So so here's the end game, right? The end game, or at least for now, is at some point. Well, here here here. I'll, I'll let's put it into a real life scenario. Right. You're at the you're at your closing with your client, and through the transaction, you've uploaded their their inspection report and they've got your they've got their insurance information and their mortgage information everything's in the file through your database on command and you're at the closing and you say to the client it's been great hey if the interest rate ever drops below what you're currently paying would you like some information on refinance and of course they're going to say yeah we'd love to save some money so you can go into your command platform and you can select the smart plan which would include tracking their interest rate versus the prime, what's happening in the market. Mm-hmm. And then as soon as the, the market rate drops below what they're paying, instantly a notification would go out to them from you on your behalf saying, hey, we noticed the interest rate has may have dropped below what you're currently paying. Would you like some information? They can reply and say yes. And then it would instantly get them in touch with a preferred loan officer. Okay, so for... The, the people that use it, mm-hmm. it's just another tool in the belt that it can make their business stronger, right? Yeah. Okay. Um, <clears throat> reminded, of a, uh, reminded of a conversation I had with somebody a while back. Um, and like you know, people people shop brokerages. Yeah. Right? Because they're like, oh, I'm going to go over here because I'm going to, you know, relationships are one thing, right? Yeah. Um, but if they're thinking that there's a magic pill or like, hey, here's, yeah. again, the shiny objects in yeah. I, I had let me let me preface this question with a conversation that I had with somebody um, not too long ago. I was having a conversation with this guy, and he l- literally told me that, oh, I was uh, I'm shopping around uh, different brokerages to find out who's the best fit for me. Okay. Now I know because I listen. You know, I understand that the guy's not really a big producer. Okay. And my thought is, well, even though you can you can link up with the team, you can link up with a certain brokerage. I mean, some people will help you more than others, and sure. then other folks will just sit down and say, "Listen, oh, we're going to give you all the assistance," and then they never even cash in on their promises. True. Um, <clears throat> what's your take on somebody that's not a producer? becoming a producer and how important is environment like overall just camaraderie and just being part of a team not necessarily a real estate team but just an office just in general yeah yeah i mean i think the, i i'm a huge believer in, in that environment matters huge yeah. believer in it um i i i think it's it's what you got to find your tribe you know for years though for me personally for years i was on an island I mean, I was I was running a brokerage with the. I mean, I had a partner, but right. you know, I was like more day to day, and he was more big picture. So, in but in that environment, and that's how I describe it. We were on an island, so when we wanted something, it was like we just created it, okay, which was working until I saw a different picture, and then I was like, wait, everything we're working towards here, they're doing over there, and there's a lot of people doing it way on a way bigger scale than I'm doing it, so. It doesn't make sense to keep reinventing the wheel for us, for me anyways, it was no, it makes more sense to get into that environment where I can scale quicker and, and faster or, or higher. 
back to your question though, I don't, it, I mean, we have agents in this office who are not high, high producers, but they love the environment. Right. And that's why I think the environment matters more than anything because it's everyone's personal goals. You know, not everyone wants to build a big 30, 40, 50 plus million dollar business. It's not what they want. I get that. They might be very happy with $2 million and there's no judgment around it. And if they're happy there, then that's what they should do. Put, but make sure that they're in the environment that supports them the best and they feel the best in. And uh, total transparency, it might not be Keller Williams. It might be a smaller bro- brokerage. But I would guarantee there's a lot of people in that smaller brokerage that would probably love to be in this environment because of what we do. Okay, so then you're talking about somebody who's not as driven as opposed to somebody that's – maybe that's I, not the right way. Yeah, to I don't it. think it's driven because someone might be very motivated and driven to build a $2 million business mm-hmm. because that's what they want, right? Like it's a, I think that's a, a big thing is like in general, we push people to build these big, huge businesses – and it's not what everyone wants. And it's not about the money for a lot of people. You know, they might be happy with that. Like, and I'm using two million as just the number. Right. Yeah. But whatever that is, two, four, one, doesn't matter. The, you, it's what their goals are. What do they need to get out of this? What, and it really comes down, and here's the other thing, Dean, it comes down to the why. Like, why are you doing this? That, when I sit down with agents and, and we're having a, a consulting conversation, I always ask them, why this? Why, like you could do anything, right? Like you, you could do anything. You don't have to do, be in real estate. And you've got a couple different things going. But whatever your why is, is what's making you decide this to drive that. So how many people don't have a clearly defined oh, most, one, like, mo- most? Most, okay. Yeah, okay. most. I, I mean, I didn't have a clear why. There's a book Simon Sinek wrote, Start With Why. Sure. Okay. Yep. So very common book. A lot of people have heard it. He followed that with a book called Find Your Why. And that's because people have a hard time finding their why. And when I sit down with them and we talk about it, they, they, it, people tend to fall back on, if you're, if you're married with kids, that's it. People say, well, it's my kids. It's my family. And I used to say that too. And I went to a, uh, actually it was my first event after I joined Keller Williams and it was called Find Your Why. Okay. And um, Jason Abrams and uh, his business partner, Brian, taught it. And they started with, write down what your why is. And I wrote down my family. And then later through the class, we went after they explained a bunch of stuff, we wrote down what our new why was. And 90% of the class had changed. Now, if your why is your family, that's fine. I get it. And it's Okay. But what I, what I had discovered through that workshop was my why is actually much different. My why is what gets me out of bed and gets me into the office and makes me come in every day and makes me feel energized is helping other people get what they want through this business. Coaching them, consulting them. I get energized with that. If my, my perfect day is sitting down with a couple of the agents that are in my office and a couple agents not in my office and just helping and, when, and if I could do that every day, I would be happy every single day. So that's what energizes you. That's I what think that, energizes me. That's put me. so well. Because when you think about it, and sometimes it is just a conversation, how well it's overall, it, it's all communicated. Yeah. Um, what's my why? Well, I want to be free. You know, I'm here, right. to, I'm here to be free. Well, yeah. why, what, what are you doing? Right. Okay. And for me, like very honestly, 
Well, let's not get down my road just yet. What consumes your mind on a daily basis? Like when you wake up, what are your? Th- I mean, I'm not. I'm not asking you, but this is more or less for the people listening. Yeah, because we have an audience. Sure, I'm <laughs> sure I would it's hope growing. so. I didn't. I didn't come here because I thought no one would hear it. Um, <laughs> but what do you like? What consumes your mind? Like, is it is it fast cars? Is it? Um, and for me, it's fishing. Like for real, man. When I go away, yeah. Like in my mind, and I'm daydreaming about yeah. something, and I daydream a lot. Yeah. Well, good. I'm fishing. That's I'm I, hooking in the pike. That's see, what I that's, do. And that's the thing. Like, I don't think people think about that as much, or mm-hmm. the default to whatever they think feels right. And so, like for or me, what society tells them. Or well, and that's another good that's thing, right? right? And I and I think like people like for me when I, I thought it was my family, which I love my family, and I would do anything for them. And ultimately, if I fill my why, then my family is the direct benefit of it. But what's gotten me the success that I feel like I've had has been success through others, which is helping people get what they want and help in consult. So my, I spend part of my day working on like, you know, how can I grow? How can I grow so I can help others? And I always just, that's just what kind of fuels me and keeps me going. And like I said, energized. When I have a discussion with someone and they walk out and they're like, okay, that helped. Like, awesome. That Now I feel good about that. So how many books are you cranking through a year? Like how many books did you read last year? Audible and actual leaf? Audible included? Yeah. Uh, I, I don't know, 15 to 20. Okay. Yeah. What are your top two titles out of that? Uh, last year? Yeah. Okay, so the one thing. All right. Um... I've read that book probably three or four times. I try to read that. I shouldn't say try. I I have read it at least once a year since I bought it, which right. was four years ago. Um, that book just I think that's like a like a textbook almost. Um, the the book that I just finished reading, I throw that in there. It's called Objections, and it's not necessarily a sales objections book. It's just like it's more of like a communication book. I would okay. say out of out of out of everything that I read last year, those are in the last two? twelve months. I would say those are probably my my top two. Um, there's another one. I'm trying to remember the title of it. Um, it's a really good one. It's all about. I'm not gonna be able to think of the title of it off the top of my head. It's about um, like being in the moment, and I'll have to look it up. It's not going to help with your show. <laughs> <laughs> we'll put it in the show we'll put notes. Put it in the notes. If, if we ever have any show put notes. It, yeah. Um, the one, one book that comes to mind when you were t- telling me about your uh, previous career, your previous brokerage, um, you had the, it was a book called Traction. Oh, yeah, okay. Uh, I think it's Gino Wickman. I wrote it. Wickman's definitely last name. Okay. Um, and you talk about the integrator. Yeah, yes. The visionary yeah. and the integrator. Yeah. Right? And that yep. just... The, Completely is, describes just what you, you yeah, talked about 100%. there. Yeah, you know, like oh no, I guess I got. Sounds like I'm sitting across from an integrator <laughs> rather than some guy who just wants to go ahead and you know throw out ideas and, and then put together a team who's going to go ahead and yeah. Um, well, and I think you know on that note, not I mean you almost have to have a little bit of both. But in that in that relationship that I had, my partner was definitely a, a visionary. Like right. he's just right, and I was more of the integrator in that. But then, when the integrator does have vision, it's you've got it. You, that's where the the visionary has to then take 
the the integrator role for a minute. Sure. And that's where we failed, the two of us. And we ran it for seven years and it's still in business. But that's where we failed is that when when I would come to the table with something, it wasn't it wasn't it wasn't well received. No, and since I didn't own fifty percent or more, I was a minority owner. That's what happens in a business relationship. Yeah. I'm with you there. Yeah. So you yeah. gotta take a back seat. Right? That's tough. Do what you gotta do. Okay. Um, let's switch it up. Yeah. What do you do for fun? You got family, you got kids, your husband, entrepreneur, yeah, business owner. Husband, three kids, so I don't have a ton of free time. Uh, I I really enjoy golfing. Okay. Getting for real? outside. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Used to be pretty good. Not just like going down on the dew grass and hammering the brakes and doing spin outs. Not but just that. No, dude, I'll get I swing the club, swing the yeah. stick. Yeah, okay. no, I like I like golfing. Uh, so do that. Um, obviously now with the kids doing stuff, you know, playing with the kids and hanging out with the family and stuff. Are they golfing yet? Um, no. So I, t- <laughs> so my vision is for them to do the things that I like to do. Okay. And so I, my oldest, his name's Henry. So I said, Henry, I like to take you to the, to, I like you to try golfing and he's very athletic. Okay. So he's like, yeah, let's do it. So got him a set of little clubs for him. And took him to the driving range. How old's Henry? He's uh, he's eight. Okay. So he just turned eight in September. So he's starting to be able to put things together, like, for real. Yeah. Well, and this was a couple years ago. Okay. So so he was six or seven at the time. So we went to the course, or to the range, to the driving range. And he's out there, and he's hitting the balls, and he's doing well. And then, you know, we come home, and maybe the next week we go again. Well... After two or three times of doing this at the range, and it's in the summertime and it's hot, mm-hmm. right? Hundred yep. degrees out there. So he's so he my wife Nina. She says to me, "Hey, uh, I got to tell you something." I'm like, "What's that?" She says, "Henry said he doesn't really like golfing, but he doesn't have the heart to tell you because he knows how much you want him to do it." Sorry. I was like, "Oh man!" So I said to him, I said, "Hey Henry, uh, Mom said you don't like golfing, and I, I want you to feel comfortable telling me things. Like it's okay if you tell me." I said, but what do you not like about it? He's like, it's just real boring. All we do is go to that same place and hit the ball. I'm like, well, actual golf's a little different, buddy. So what? So I gotta get. So I gotta get. He needs some variety. He, yeah. he needs a little more action. He's an action guy. So um, I'm gonna take him to the actual course this year and see if he enjoys a little more. But I, I really enjoy um, enjoy golfing, uh, working out. Work out okay three days a week. Go to the gym at least. Um, you got a trainer, or you just go on your own. I got a trainer, but um, it's in a class, so it's not like a personal one-on-one training. What, like a Fit Body Boot Camp or something? No, like that? it's um, it's like you a train with a, a bunch of girls. I, well, there are a lot of girls in the class. Um, that's that's where I'm training right now. At boot, oh, at Fit yeah, Body yeah. Boot Camp. Okay, yeah. no, it's my I go to, got me into it. I go to Lifetime. Okay, fitness, yeah, um, but it's like a full body workout, but I really enjoy it. It's actually like an hour that I don't have to, like my mind is clear. You guys that hour. full hour? Yeah, full hour. Yeah, it oh. starts at 5.30. So I go 5.30. How long have you been doing that? Uh, consistently yes. since uh, September. All right, so you're seeing some results. I'm seeing results now. You probably uh, can't enter the weight loss challenge because... No, I'm not entering the weight loss challenge. Yeah. Uh, not doing the weight loss challenge, no. Yeah, me neither. Um I actually got to a point where my weight was dropping and sure. then it's like stopped and it's starting to go up a little bit, mm-hmm. which I've been told is because now I'm building muscle. Right. But I also do the intermittent fasting. How's that work for you? Let's let's dig on that because that's interesting in my world. So how long duration? Since September. I've been doing it since September. Okay. 
Um, I don't eat until afternoon every day, and I won't eat past 6.30 typically at night. Okay. But I think the key is you got to be careful what you put in once you start eating. Right? So some people are doing this, and they're like, I can eat a cheeseburger and fries because I didn't eat all morning. It's like, no, that's still garbage. But if you if you watch what you put in afterwards, that's where you start seeing the results. But I've noticed not weight wise, but like inches on my on my gut because mm-hmm. that's where I keep the weight. And I've lost probably a couple inches since September. My clothes fit better, and yeah, belt's not so tight. <laughs> Breathe a little easier. <laughs> yeah, that was always uh, like so. The midsection you know, get so many of us guys. Um, well, yeah, that was that was my spot. Like. Even going yeah. back to wrestling days in high school, yeah, where you know I was accomplished because I, I got down to like a seven point two percent body fat. Wow! Now I'm sitting over here like, never mind the number. Well, how old are you now? Uh, I'll be forty this year. Yeah, so so, so me too. So I, I thought we were the same. When's your birthday? Yeah, June twenty third. All right, so I'm July fourteenth. Okay, so we're uh, pretty, um, pretty darn close. Yeah, three man. weeks three apart weeks there. there. Yeah, but that's what I've noticed too as I get. Closer to that, and I, how are you dealing with being about to be forty? Are you have you been thinking about this? No. See, I'm I'm not dealing with it well. Really? Yeah, not well at all. I'm, I'm moving too fast for that, man. Yeah, I'm not. You know, to be very honest with you, um, you know, some people take it. Uh, you know, I've always had a very very positive mindset. Yeah, like I'm never down in the dumps, and and I don't know how much of that is. Um, you know, upbringing, you know, from, you know, like I always, I was talking about David, uh, talked about this with David Fisher. Like I always knew that I was going to do something like you ever read the book fire cat to your kids? No. Okay. Well, it's a, it's a book about a cat and he was, uh, he was a bad cat and then, you know, he's going to do big things. And that's like, you know, so when I, when I carry, um, my seven year old to her bed at night after she's sleeping, cause um, you know, I'll, I'll whisper to her at night. I said, you know, you're going to do big things. Yeah. You know, affirmations, right? You're going to yeah. do big things, fire cat. Um, and, uh, you know, I think that just, I don't know, I'm going I'm to run on affirmations for a little bit. Going back to the kids. Yeah. We're raising champions, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. How do you train up your kids? I don't even want to go down that other road right now. But you're, you're, you're training up your own kids. What do your routines look like? Because you're, you're going to talk about, we, and we got to come back to the fasting. But I want to start back here. Okay. Because it was one of the things I wanted to talk to you about. Okay. What do your routines look like? Because you're getting up in the morning, you're going to the gym. Yeah. What do the kids <clears throat> see? How do they see dad winning? Um, does your wife work? Uh, she does not work an income-producing job at the time. At the moment, I should say. Come on, man! Your politically correct answer. She's 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 a stay at home mom. Uh, yeah, but she also helps with the business. Okay, with the real estate business. Well, um, I, I think that's yeah, that's yeah, Nicole. That's yeah, so she doesn't Nicole. have like a you know like uh, like you know if, if if the team closes a sale, you know like my name goes on it, hers doesn't, so she doesn't get that. But she's an integral part in the business running a hundred. I mean, I couldn't do it without her. Um, right. I wouldn't have the success without her. But back to your question. Um, we are very regimented with our schedule with the kids. I've heard that. Yeah. Oh, really? Is that out there in the world? Um, well, let's just put it this way. I'm not talking to other people about it, but I heard you say something. 
and it was just in passing. Yeah. Like something about bedtimes or whatever yeah, it so, is. And, so, yeah. like in the morning, right, a normal, typical day with school. I mean, um, I go to the gym Monday, Wednesday, Friday, and I leave the house at 5 a.m. So I'm up around 4.30, 4.40, and then I'm gone, and I'm gone, and I come home between 5.30 and 6 on a typical work day. Um, the, the kids get up 7 a.m., or before my middle one, Sebastian, he's an early riser, so he goes downstairs on his own, watches TV for a little bit till the rest of everyone gets up. Breakfast, dressed, teeth brushed. Do they make their own breakfast? No. Okay. Uh, we get them, you know, bowl cereal or whatever they want for them the morning. Nothing crazy. Um, they can't reach the cereal. We keep it on top of the refrigerator. <laughs> so get the stools. Uh, but they do get the milk out and stuff. And my right. kids are very independent, so they do get a lot of the stuff on their own. Just sure. breakfast, we just kind of do. They get their shoes on. Uh, alarm goes off. My wife's got an alarm. Alarm goes off. They get their shoes on. Grab their backpacks. Out the door. So they go to school. They come home. Um, homework. So whatever they're working on, they got to get that done first before we do anything else. Uh, whatever activities they got going on, we get them to those. And then uh, dinner. We eat, we eat dinner as a family as many nights as possible. Typically, I'd say five, at least five a week. Okay. We sit down at the, at the dinner table. How important is that? Very important. Why? Um, kids who sit down and eat dinner as a family with their parents or mom or dad, whatever their, their situation is, um, this has been tracked, do better at everything else. The other thing is, it's uh, our time to sit down. There's no electronics at the table. Okay. Right? And I was we, just going to ask you that. Yeah, no electronics is, is at the, the table. Is the TV on? The TV is not on. Um, and we, and, and I don't ask, the question isn't, how was your day? How was school? Right? Because they just say good. Right. So I'll say, um, what is something that your teacher said that made you guys laugh today? And get them talking, right? Um, was what was there? Was was anybody sad at school today? So we're not talking cookie cutter conversation. No, we try to get them really going, right? Like, what, like I want a, an insight to the day. What really happened? Give me a couple good nuggets. That do you guys, is, do you guys play a lot? Do we play a lot? Do you play in your house? Yeah, yeah, we play. Like hide and seek. When's the last hide time and you seek? Hide and I seek play hide and kids? seek. You know, they they. It's fun because. The, at least with my daughter now, she's five. I've got wow. three, okay. right? So my daughter's five. So the the hiding spaces for Sebastian and Henry, who are seven and eight, they know all the spaces. So you can't, really, but you can still hide from from my daughter a little bit. So it's a little more sure. fun with her. Okay. Um, uh, but we we play and wrestle. A lot of wrestling happening in my house. A lot of wrestling. They always want to wrestle. Um, but we get all that stuff done, right? And then bedtime. Um, the two younger ones go up at 8, and we let Henry stay up till 8.30, 8.45 at the latest, depending. And then he goes up to bed, and they can read in their beds Okay. And while they fall asleep. And they do. All of them are readers. I got my middle one is a reader. Yeah. And she's also very independent. Like, um, she's bossy. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. I said, give me a spoon. Yeah. Uh, yeah. My, my little daughter, she's a little... Got some I mean, how much do you it. fight this? You uh, right. <laughs> but, you know, you're talking about, like, what do you do to build them up? And we're yeah. building these, these, these leaders, you know. So our goal is to make sure that our kids are um, con- contributing to society. We right. want them to be good humans. Yeah, right. Leeches, and yeah. and when, when someone 
is having a bad day at school. You know, this is why these, some of these questions that we ask, like, this, was someone sad today? Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, so-and-so. It's like, well, what happened, and did you help them? Like, that's that's the, the goal with us, to get the kids, and, and to be extremely independent. You know, when someone can't handle their life, it's a, I mean, it, it it's tough. So we want these kids to just take over. And I believe that the that mine are going to, do some great Good. stuff. Now, I, I see that, and I, I also, um, you know, without getting too transparent on the recording, um, you know, a lot of the stuff that the media portrays, uh, you know, with, with people just, uh, I don't even know what the proper term is, and it's certainly not, you know, PC, but like the whiners of society, the people, the people that feel like they're entitled. Yeah. Our kids are going to eat your lunch. Right. Because they're being trained right now. Like, if you want to talk about um, what producers do in society, it's train up other producers. <laughs> it's, I mean, it is, though. It is. Yeah? It, it is. In, 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 it is. It's your choice with the, the day and age of, you know, information and, and all the education. I don't think my kids will ever go to college. To be you know, that's, you. that's the topic now, right? Is yeah, college it is. worth it with all this student debt? And... I, I, if if my kids decide not to, I'm not going to fight them on. I mean, I think having a plan is important, whatever that looks like. I don't think it's just going to be like, I'm not doing anything. Oh, right. Yeah, 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 yeah. But if they don't, I mean, I think I, I, I have a family member right now and I, uh, a nephew of mine, I don't think he should go to college. I don't think he's he's built for it. Now, depending on what you want to do, right? Right. Yeah. You, you want to be, be a we'll cut on somebody. Yeah, right. You've got to have the schooling. So I think it's a big discussion right now. Yeah, no doubt, man. I was when I so I graduated at the. And I don't say this as a joke, but I graduated at the top ten percent of the bottom ten percent of my class. Like no oh, exaggeration. Right. Yeah. I was like, like whatever. There was two hundred and eighty some students, yeah. and I was like two sixty something. Yeah. Um, I look at you now. Yeah. Look at me now. <laughs> Got a used boat and everything. <laughs> And a car payment. <laughs> Just kidding. Um, I needed to go to. I needed just a little bit more education. I went to a trade school, mm-hmm. um, you know, because I liked working on cars. But I don't now, and I didn't like getting my hands dirty. I figured yeah. out halfway through trade school because I liked autos, you know, working on cars in high school. But then I get into this trade school, and I'm like, dude, I need to stop because. This is a waste of money. Yeah. Plus, I was all confused and stuff, but um, I, gladly I stuck it through because I just needed that little bit more of education or that life experience to get out and spread my wings. I'm living in a two-bedroom apartment with three other guys, and you know what that turns into. Yeah. It's called college. Yeah. Or trade school in this particular right. situation. But and here's the thing. like, Do you think that kids are ready to determine what they want to do with nope. their life at 17, 18 years old? No way. It's crazy. No, no definitely not. And, and I remember the, uh, the point in my life when I first heard that, there was, um, going back to Canada, um, when I was on a trip with my father, I was out hanging out with some kids, and we were out late night, and it's I was not part of the conversation, but I heard this. One of the kids says, man... I'm 18 years old. How am I supposed to know what I want to do with the rest of my life? That got me thinking. Wow. Yeah, well, yeah, maybe you should just, I don't know, go travel the world or do, go go get some life experience 
so you can figure out actually what you want to do with your life. Yeah. And I don't know. I mean, it's going to be different for everybody, but go experience. Get your face out of your phone. Get your face out. Like, go out and have an adventure or two. Go by yourself, man. Yeah. You want to find out what you're made of? Without your pistol, yeah. <laughs> go, go out and walk through the woods, right. like the wilderness. I'm not yeah. talking a state park. Yeah, yeah. I'm talking like a national forest and go camp and, and have a bear sneak up next to your tent, sniffing, and then growl. And then you're like, I don't know what to do. Yeah. I mean, that's serious I think, business. I think like, you know, those types of like real life situations, I think, I, I think that's good advice for someone. And, and even maybe you're not a wilderness person, but go go somewhere by yourself. It, it, figure it out. Handle it. And, and I think that people would really grow up a lot, you know, internally yeah. in, with those experiences. But it's 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 tough to figure that out when you're a kid. I mean, I wasn't I wasn't I wasn't the top 10 percent of the bottom 10 percent. But I wasn't the top 10 percent. I mean, I was, you know, a C student graduating, but I didn't care. I did not care. So same boat, though. It was just like, this is not, this doesn't connect with me. But the minute I got out and got into an, my own boss type of category, mm-hmm. I, I excelled. Different story. Different story. Super driven. Super, super committed. You know, which is, that's what I want my kids to see. That was your right. question, right? What are the kids seeing by dad getting up and going to the gym? And, you know, there's like, mom goes to the gym, too. Right, so it's exercise. Sure, it's eating healthy. It's following a schedule. You know all those things. Well, I want them to see like mom and dad work their butts off, and look what we have for that, and that you can do whatever you want, and you just, you just got to want it. What's your why? Sure, right? Sure, do what you love. Yeah, one of the big revelations that I've had lately in life is the like taking care of your body. Right. Okay. Yeah. So, forty years old. Right. How am I handling it? Uh, well, not really thinking about it, pal. I'm. I'm really not. I'm just. Right. I'm living life. Yeah. Who cares? You know. I'm going to be eighty. You know. However, eighty something. Sure. And I'm going to be like, well, I did some pretty cool things. Yeah. And, and you got plenty more to go. Yeah. Um, but I think the most important part is taking care of your body and being. And some people will connect with this. Other people won't. But being able to. Take care of situations when they come up. Yeah. So if you need to swim, like yeah, the boat flips over. Right. You need to swim, man, because nobody's got the life jacket on. Yeah. You need to start rescuing bodies. Yeah. That's a good point. Or you're surrounded by a couple, you know, what's yeah. the last time you punched somebody? <laughs> you know? It's been a long time. Exactly. Actually, yeah. You know, and I'm not suggesting that, you know, we need, need to live our lives in fear, but, you know, when, when we no, but if, look at if, things. If a situation occurs, what what position are you going to be? Are you going to be in a position that you can excel? Or are you going to be in a position that you're going to need saving? Or are you going to curl up and, right. you know, I had this, I, I gave this, uh, you know, one of my videos I did when I was out in Nigeria, because they've got, they can have guns. Yeah. Their, their law says that they can have yeah. guns, but when you really look at it, like, you can't have guns. Yeah. You don't have a Second Amendment. Right. Um, there's this guy, he's uh, he's standing over there with his AK-47. He's a military. He's a police escort. Mm-hmm. And I'm saying to myself, like, you're out somewhere where you can't have any, you know, like, somebody comes in with guns, right? And they're here to rob you or do whatever to you. How are you going to defend yourself? Are you just going to cower in fear, or are you going to stand up and fight? 
I mean, look around you. Your your availability of yeah. weapons. I mean, you got a yeah. you got a belt that you can take off and hit them with the buckle, or right. you know. <laughs> and I, you know, it's 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 point is just make sure that you can run up three flights of stairs. Yeah. And not be out of breath. Yeah. Because. You know, whatever, we're not going down that road. Your life might depend on it. Actually, you taking care know. of your body, your life does depend it on does, it. It does depend on it. Yeah, that's a good point. Don't be a schlub. Yeah, I think I, could, I think I could uh, I could go out and run. That's always that's been one of my skills, actually. What, running? Running. Okay. I've always been a runner. So, worst case scenario, I'll just, I can run What away. are you running from? I'm just kidding. That's what I'm saying. If the situation occurred, I could run away. Okay. And yeah. I'm, a, I'm a, a, a long distance. We got a runner. So I could run. So you got to catch. I used to say it. You got to catch me first. Yeah. I might not be the biggest guy, but I'm the fastest. You know what? And that's the, and that's a legitimate strategy. You know, when when they talk about some of these martial arts, it was yeah. like, hey, what's the best defense if somebody's got a, a knife? Yeah. Get out run. of there. Yeah. Run. <laughs> they, yeah. If they can't catch you, then they can't cut you. You're running from the run. crocodile. You got a zigzag, man. <laughs> zigzag. That's it. Okay, so let's wrap it back around to the the, the fasting. Because yeah, that's so. I, I've uh, fasted. Yeah, for days. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Um, but the supplements, I think th- th- that's key. Yeah. Like you take a bunch of supplements, you take a, a pill pack or whatever it is. I do. Um, but you've. I take elderberry. Do you do elderberry? I don't know what that. Is. I mean, I I've heard of it, but I don't know what it's it like does. Elderberry. It's supposed to be good for immune boosting. Okay. I'm paranoid about getting sick. I, I take a whole cocktail of... I've seen your cocktail. I take a lot of vitamins. Yeah. I don't do that many. I do like a multi and an elderberry, vitamin C. How you doing like, from a clarity standpoint? Because I know when you fast, yeah, you, you, you become clearer. Yeah, so when I first started doing the fasting stuff, it would I get headaches in the morning if I didn't eat, you know? Okay. Because I'm just doing it intermittent. I'm not doing long term, right? So daily I do it. Um, but as time has gone on now, I don't feel those effects. I do feel clear. I actually feel like I've got more energy. Um, when I, when I am ready to eat, I'm not craving garbage. I like want like healthier stuff because you, I think you start to see the results. Mm -hmm. Um, so for me it's worked. And again, I think it's like picking a real estate brokerage. You got to go with what's best for you. I mean, Maybe there. Maybe let's bring it full circle. <laughs> maybe the maybe Weight Watchers is something that would work better for you, or whatever it is. Right? It's not a one size fits all, but it's worked for me. Yeah. Well, and I, I think that some of the statistics out there, you know, they they start. I mean, there's somebody. Everybody's chasing different fad diets and yeah. keto and uh, all this other. It's like, crazy. I don't even know what the names are because I don't even. I really don't even study them. Yeah. All right. Um, but I will fast in. The multi-day fasts I've heard are really good for you. Oh yeah, man, it'll clean you right out. Yeah, like I just I can't I can't mentally wrap my brain around not having food that long. It's um, like how's how's the longest you've gone? Three days. Yeah. See, I can't even. That's not even on my radar. I I need I need to eat. I I'm I could do it. Sure. But I just I just I should try it. I just really enjoy food. Yeah, there. I mean, well, there's a point when you just you're you're past thinking about the food, and you know you it you know it's a water fast, and I'll do my vitamins as yeah. well, and you'd be surprised. Well, you like, know, Gilbert did like a 21 day water fast. I didn't know he went that long. Oh yeah, 
Yeah, he should be a guest. You should talk to him was, about it. I'm, I'm going to bring him on from like a history standpoint. Yeah, well, talk, ask him about things. the. Tell him that I brought it up in my in my okay. story, and then he can give his story. You've got another listener right there. Yeah, that's <laughs> I'll listen to that. Now you're up to two, right? Me and David. Yeah, and yeah. Gilbert. Yeah. Let's go. Let's go, let's guys. That's, that's the goal. So um, let's let's start wrapping it up. But okay. I, I want to talk um, specifically to the agents in the office, the agents that want to uh, become better producers. Okay. Like, so some some general uh, agent success habits that need to be in place for the people that are just getting started. I'm not talking about for the people that, um, you know, got a couple things figured out. Okay. Um, but maybe, all right, so right now we're coming, we're getting into the spring market. We're I mean, in, it's already yeah. here. Yeah, I agree. It's already here. Yeah. Um, we need to take some market share. How are we going to do it? What's what's your top three things that we need to do to take market share? Yeah, I think number one. Is, so we're specifically talking to new agents. Well, newer. Let, let's talk like from the the brand new agent to maybe somebody two years old that doesn't okay. know. Yeah. What so doing. Uh, number needs help. number one uh, number one is practice. Practice what you're going to say. Practice how you're going to say it. Right. Like if I could go back. I would spend half my day practicing what I'm going to say and how I'm going to say it, and the other half my day finding people to say it to. And I don't think that new agents take enough time to practice that stuff at when they're new. Uh, so that would be number that would be number one. Um, number two is follow or well plan and follow a schedule, and take that schedule to a mentor, a coach. Uh, you're broke. Someone who who has done it, and say, is is does this is this right? I, I think that we get into this. Um, well, my schedule is I'm going to be in the office from nine to twelve, but they're not doing anything with that time. So be specific with that, and that's what I mean by run it by someone. Does it does this make sense? Okay. Um, third, consistent agents. Um, in general, so this is for any agent. And in fact, I did an interview with one of our top agents uh, a month ago. Uh, I don't know if I can say his name on your show. No, it's fine. Um, Jeff Dineski. Okay. Thirty plus million dollar producer. I mean, the guy's very high level. It's all consistency. So whether you're brand new day one, the problem is we get off track because it's not fun. It's not fun. This is very boring. The actual job we do is very boring. It, the the rewards are fun. The whole business is boring. The business is boring. What's exciting about it then? Why would we do this? The results, okay. right? The results, the payoff. The payoff at the end is, is it. But if you can follow that schedule and stay consistent every day, doing the same thing, get in your rhythm, don't let anything stop you, and every day you're doing it, you're going to have massive success. There you go. Anything else you want to add to the... Uh... What, one last parting thought. <laughs> one last parting one thought. Last, you, got a, you got something in there, man. Uh, you know, what's, what's so the, so David Fisher, yep. who was your first guest, mm-hmm. he always comes up to me and asks me for ahas. And so I typically give them to him, and he always walks away feeling good about that. So He's, he's a good question asker. He is. He is. And I love, I love, uh, I love David. Um, I would say um, I'm related to the business here. Sure. Okay. Go. We tend to want to work a lot of hours and show that that's what we're doing to the world, that we work these long hours. And I want, if if my final thought will be, 
uh, and I heard this from a from a very high level uh, leader in real estate that long hours long hours are great as long as they're strategic, right? But if you've read the one thing, it'll tell you long hours is just cheating. Doesn't mean you're necessarily moving forward. So you got to be strategic with those hours at, and at what point in your career you're in. I'm right now in a growth mindset for my career, so I'm putting in very long hours right now. But that can't sustain. Sure. And so I want everyone to know working 12, 16-hour days it is not sustainable. Be strategic with it and stop when you need to stop. When's the best time to do it? Well, I don't know that there's a best time or a worst time. And I think that's where you need to get a coach involved to help you. Got it. Got it? Guess I need to get a coach. <laughs> I can help you with that. <laughs> <laughs> See what you did there. Mr. Chubb, thank you for joining us. Um, I think we'll have you on for round two because this is a love conversation flows nicely. Yeah. Um, you know, and I think that there's more some, some more content that we can get into. Maybe we'll um, have have a partner in on, yeah, let's on do it. with us. I'm happy. So thanks again. We'll talk to you guys soon.